buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 75. Today we're going to chat with Fred Masterson from Force Options, make a prank call about Malcolm's appendicitis, and talk about some new pistols for 2019. Today's panel is Sean Heron and I'm Ava Flannell. And I'm just excited that it's Friday. Uh, Wait, yeah, it's, it's it's not Friday, is it? No, and even if it was, would it make a difference? No. Fridays are usually my Mondays, because then I have to teach all weekend. <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy, but oh well. I guess I, a, a guy can wish, right? I guess. So, Manicore Arms? So, have you seen the X95 Overwatch top rail? Yeah, I have actually. I know that uh, on the X95, one of the pr- problems that people had, or I guess complaints that people had, was that your your cheek weld was super low. So it was really you had to buy risers and everything for optics. And this just, uh, you know, more of that Manticore Arms ingenuity. It puts that top rail on there, so you don't really have to have a ton of risers. Uh, you can just mount your optic directly to it and have good height over bore and be able to see through it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just another one of those things. One hundred four ninety five is the price on the website, and they have. All kinds of products for both the Devore and the X95, and you can check it all out at manticorearms.com. And the coupon code is GunFunny15, and that gets you 15% off. Awesome. Let's get in. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. Fred, before we had you on the show, I was kind of just reading up a little bit about you, and uh, there is so many things that you do. I don't think that I could fit it in one sentence. So for for listeners, um, can you just tell us like what it is that you do? Sure. Well, it's called Mission Creep, which started out as <laughs> one simple project, uh, quickly got out of hand. So I own Force Options USA. Uh, we're primarily, initially, we we're primarily a training company. We did law enforcement, military, civilian training, and combatives in uh, firearms training. Um, I began writing uh, in an industry, doing video work and product reviews. Uh, we also have a consulting business for product development. And then we also have one more thing, because you need one more thing, is we have a close protection or executive protection division as well. And how long have you been doing all of this? A little over 30 years now. Wow. Thanks. So let's start at the beginning. Like, uh, what, what led you to everything that you do and just kind of brought you to firearms, combatives, all that good stuff? Well, it's actually, I kind of grew up with it. My father was a lifer in the army, you know, 30 plus years. He was at that perfect age or he came in at the end of World War II, did Korea and Vietnam. So I grew up, I was a military brat, grew up moving from post to post to post. And he was a, uh, at that time, what was called a hand to hand instructor. So I grew up in combatives in the martial arts world. So that's, that's really how I cut my teeth and obviously shooting. So just as part of my DNA as I grew up, as I became older, I began teaching obviously in my early teens. And eventually I was, I was teaching for the army in uh, central Kansas for quite some time. And I did that for a while before we moved out here to Arizona. The firearms training was a natural extension of that. What well, began as a few helpful classes, to help people with qualifications quickly moved into full classes and full blown everything. And I'm sure you know how that rolls. <laughs> Definitely. So when we talk about combatives and stuff, I mean, uh, I saw that you do a lot of martial arts, 
but combatives is, is a whole different beast in itself. Can you kind of tell us what, what it is that you teach specifically? Sure. And you're right. Combatives and martial arts are two different creatures. They, they're really one and the same to a degree because combatives is really just a compressed version of martial arts, but the martial arts side of it is more protracted. In combatives training, we teach law enforcement civilians, uh, protective techniques or control techniques, depending upon what we're doing. They're a little more boiled down. You know, there's no Japanese nomenclature. There's no names. We aren't talking a ton about philosophies. We basically cut the fluff away and teach them how to effectively and easily defend themselves with a variety of techniques of striking, grappling, a little bit of everything. So it's more compressed, a little easier to digest. Makes a lot of sense. So none of the geese and katas, but all the ass kicking. Absolutely. Uh-huh. <laughs> a, l- a little less flair, a little more in consciousness. It's, it's a lot nicer. I love that. Have you seen the combatives industry uh, as far as training goes? Have you seen that grow over maybe the last five years or shrink or kind of where is it? Where does it stand? Because my impression is that, it, that it's grown and I think people have gotten a little bit more interested in it. Well, it has. There's a lot of factors involved in that. It is with any industry, especially in our side of the fence. It ebbs and flows. There's, you know, we see growth in this and growth in that, and then it'll diminish. But the combative side of it, I think that there are two things that influence that. One, and, you know, take this as a, as a big picture view, is UFC. Like you, I remember the first UFCs, you know, Hoyce Gracie coming out there beating the crap out of everybody. And that started kind of a reinvigoration of the martial arts community. Now, what was traditionally kind of a, a Taekwondo school on the corner here or a Jiu-Jitsu school over there or an Aikido school there really kind of get a shot in the arm because people saw this stuff and they immediately wanted to do that. And in my opinion, that new interest in combatives or martial arts really drove some offshoots. Krav Maga, for example, which has been around for some time, you know, it kind of got some sunshine and, and light shined on it about that time too. So I think there are a lot of things like that that really help grow the industry. So it has grown, especially over the last, I'd say, 10 years. It's grown quite a bit. Do you think it's important to train in, in both areas, combatives and firearms? Oh, absolutely. Oh, this could be a four-hour discussion right here. <laughs> oh, my God. Agreed. And, oh, my God. I I I come across a lot of people, and you know, I, try, I try not to badmouth them or, or look down my nose at them because, you know, nobody's perfect. But the idea that you have a gun – and that's all I need. Well, unless you've got Jerry McCulloch speed and can draw at lightning speed and you have the chance to do that, then your gun is not 100%, mm-hmm. especially if you're in close quarters. Yeah, that, that's yeah. the part that I think so many people don't figure. I think everyone has this like glorified idea of what will happen in case of, you know, some some kind of deadly threat against them. You know, they'll be standing there and then they'll recognize this thing that's happening and then they'll have time to draw their firearm and rack a rack around into the chamber, Ooh. and, and Ooh. you know they'll be firing from exactly 15 feet, and th- there will be a clear path to them and the target, and there will be nothing behind the target. And you know I think everyone has this like real glorified, but when you talk about deadly force encounters and things like that, it is so up close and fast and tight, and none of the things that we really practice in general as a firearms community are in are even used or important, like some of the things, but I just, I think people have this glorified view. What do you think about that? Oh, I, I absolutely agree with you, Sean. I, th- I think that people have an oversimplified view of how it's going to go down. Yeah. And if you've ever done any simulation training, force on force training, you're yes. going to find out that all that 
hours and hours of square range training that you did where you were shooting little tiny groups, yeah, that all goes to hell. Because as soon as you smell somebody's bad breath and they're pulling a gun on you and you're like, holy crap, they have a gun. There is a, it's a natural, oh crap pause that is going to happen. It's going to happen. How long that pause is dependent upon how much you train. That's why I always practice my high kick. (laughs) (laughs) To the head. I know. I could, I mean, I could kick like over most people's heads. Humble brag. What are you doing, Sean? Uh, I'm, Sean's like, yeah, it's really important to train. I, oh, okay, mister, I never go to the gym. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna draw my firearm, I'm gonna rack around. I'm gonna roll away. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get on the ground and I'm gonna roll away. <laughs> uh, stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> exactly. I, I totally agree. But yeah, I think, uh, I think combatives is hugely important. It's definitely something that I want to focus on. But, you know, I, I like, or the allure of combatives for me is that, you know, it's something that you can go in and learn because clearly like I, I train in firearms and medical and all these other things. Like yeah. at some point you reach your, your maximum overload of things that you can focus on. So combatives is definitely one of those things that I'm like, yes, I can go, I can do, um, a little and not have so much that there is involved in martial arts. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's, that's well said. And I don't mean to cut you off there, but you know, I think a lot of people over, uh, overthink it a little bit. What I mean by that is they're thinking, oh my God, another discipline to study in regards to personal protection. Well, it's just like anything, you know, take one little bite at a time. Mm-hmm. If anything, just begin working on retention skills in the event somebody tries to grab your gun. You know, you can, you can work on the roundhouse kick to the head later on, but right <laughs> now let's just, just keep the damn gun in our hands. Mm-hmm. So if somebody wanted to get involved in combative training, what would you recommend? Because there's, there's just of, so there's many things out there. Like you were saying, there's like Taekwondo, Krav Maga, Jiu Jitsu. I, what I would encourage people to do, and this is what I've always done on the martial arts side too. There's no one art that's perfect to everybody and there's no one perfect art. And as I said, I've been at this a long time. So it takes a little bit for me to bite my tongue because I have my preferences, but those are my personal preferences. I encourage you to go look at a school. Say, for example, you want to do Krav Maga. Go look at it. Go try it. Talk to the instructor, get a feel for it. You know, do you like it there? You know, is it, is that you? Because there's so many options out there. And the only thing I would say is make sure that it's a true combatives type art. Now, I want to say this and you'll probably get some people squealing at you and stuff, but Taekwondo in general is not a combatives art. It's a sport. Mm -hmm. Now it has applications. Don't get me wrong. I have some friends that are so freaking fast. They would be a handful. But as a rule, it's primarily driven as a sport. Um, anytime we get kicks, super high kicks and stuff, they're time consuming. Unless once again, you're super fast. So I try to keep things for combatives, keep them small, small motions, very quick, short compressed strikes, things like that. But circling back around again, try several different options. So I'd try several different schools of thought, different martial arts schools and see which one fits you best. I like that. Let's uh, change gears and go into a little bit of defensive firearm training. You do a lot of that, sure. right? Oh yeah, do do quite a bit of that. Uh, what are, what are you, kind of your principles and philosophies as as comes to that? Well, I teach. I focus even on the law enforcement side. We're purely defensive in nature. Um, one thing, and you've you've kind of alluded to a couple times. Be ready, and what I mean by that is the idea that some people carry without one in the chamber. Yeah, not not a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, not uh, a fan. No, me either. You, you need to be ready to fight. So along those lines is that mindset is, is one of the biggest points. You need to understand that yes, it can happen to you. 
How many times do we see it on TV during interviews? I never thought if you're saying that, then you weren't mentally prepared. You can spend all the time on the range you want, but if you, if your brain's not in the game, you got a problem. So yeah. a, a big chunk of my philosophy and training focuses a mindset above all things. The mechanics of it, I mean, we can teach anybody how to yank that pistol out of the holster and go to work, but you've got to have the right mindset that this is a fight. And also to understand that humanity, while we hope for the best, has a very dark underside that people sometimes just do not want to see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's actually great advice. I, I'm kind of curious though, like how would you prepare somebody in that mindset? Like I know you kind of touched upon it, but what are some of the topics that you cover? Well, the realities of defense, what I mean by that is, and I do this in combatives as well. Um, what, what do you expect? What are we get? What's going to happen? And what I do is um, in certain classes, I'll actually play videos. You know, here's what happens. Here's 10 videos of people being assaulted, just randomly being assaulted. And they're hyper violent for no reason. This person will attack this other person. And it seems to be kind of the flavor of the day on social media. People share a lot of those videos, but when you start seeing it and then we stop and talk about it, okay, here's what happened. Here's, here's how we could have looked at this better. It's almost armchair quarterbacking to a degree but not in a critical way of attacking the person that maybe failed on it, but as a learning experience. Mm-hmm. You start to explain to people this happens all the time. The person that just got cold cocked had no idea that it was coming, and they were probably thinking the same thing. It'll never happen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, I talk about what's going to happen once you pull your gun out. You start pressing that trigger into another human being, we're so used to paper. We're, we're used mm-hmm. to non-reactive, even the steel or the new dummies that, you know, shoot, you know, paint or the chalk out. Mm-hmm. That is a physical reactive, but the, the, the smells that you're going to have, the sounds, you know, one thing that's very common is after somebody's shot, they're, they're screaming or they're calling for help. We need to prepare the mind for things like that because it's, it's not going to be a quiet, relaxing moment. Yeah. Excellent answer. Yeah, totally agree. I think we're going to take just a quick break and hear from another advertiser. We're talking to Fred Masterson from Force Options. Uh, we're going to be right back with him after we hear from Hackett Equipment. So Hackett Equipment, Ava, I yes. know that there's something that I'm pretty excited about. Why don't you tell them what it is? The new rifle bags. Yes. And I know it sounds like we're repeating ourselves. You know, they made a a few in production to kind of test it out. They've made some improvements and they should be releasing those very soon. And you've seen, I mean, well, we've both seen some pictures and Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the changes that they made and they're pretty awesome. Yeah. They really put a lot of thought into it. They are. And and it's a shooting mat as well, which I think is the thing that I'm most interested in. I love products that have multiple uses so I can take one thing to the range and do two things with it. Even though your car is still filled high with a bunch of range gear. Yeah, that's that's my life. <laughs> but, that's how I roll. That's my job. <laughs> you could drive in your own car. <laughs> but it does make things so much easier. Yeah. So, um, yeah, when they do release those bags, definitely check them out. Um, in the meantime, check out the other backpacks that they're making. And don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY20. That gets you 20% off. And that is HackettEquipment.com. We're back with Fred Masterson. And Fred, I want to know, like you've been around for, you know, you've been in the industry, you said 30 plus years. I want to know, how has the industry changed over the years? 
Well, it's grown a lot. Um, one thing that I've seen is product wise, um, and we all saw this, you know, the, the growth of the era 15 market, uh, good and bad. Once the, uh, what I call the big scare happened under the Obama administration, the AR market just exploded. I mean, there were a lot of decent companies already manufacturing ARs, but my God, everybody and their poodle are making, we're making ARs there for a while. Oh yeah. Everyone and their poodle. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Yeah. That's the uh, poodle 90. It's a very fancy AR. But uh, along with that, I think I saw, in, in my opinion, a growth in some cottage industries inside the, inside the industry. So while the AR market has always been what it is, it's popular in a lot of ways, in my opinion, because it's so modular. So while Magpul is obviously kind of the king of the heap on that regarding magazines and grips, I saw a lot of other companies coming on, you know, different grips, lights, you know, optics, that, that market grew huge. And then I started seeing, and you've seen it too over the last, especially the last couple of years, are accessories and modifications to guns that were normally untouched, like a Glock. So those, there's, now they're putting brakes on Glocks, and I don't mean to laugh, but, um, <laughs> and things like the Polaroid, you know, yes. they're actually what was untouchable before that nobody fiddled with. I think they're finding nooks and crannies in the industry that, that I think are pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. Which leads me to my questions about your consulting. You're doing some product consulting. I know you write. Uh, for a lot of different publications and things like that. Yeah. Talk to us about kind of how you got into that and what you think of the, of all of it all around. Well, I got brought into the industry. Um, I do a lot of LA work, obviously, and an agency was bringing on a new Glock and Glock had found out about that and had talked to me a little bit whether I would basically interface with them and their magazine and possibly write an article about that. That got noticed and picked up pretty quickly. And at that time, Harris Publications, who's no longer with us, their editors reached out to me and wanted to know if I would do some work for them as well. And as you know, as I said, Mission Creep would started out as, okay, I'll just write a couple articles. <laughs> yeah, about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now yeah. I have no time. <laughs> yeah. And it's a, it's, it's a very enjoyable. It honestly is. And people say, you got the best job. And I do. I mean, like any job, though, it's a job. There's there's ups and downs to it. Um, I, I do like it. Some of the downsides are time. A lot of the times I'll get a get an assignment and you get about 12 seconds to try to pull everything together. <laughs> and you've probably seen it, too. Sometimes it's interesting. I'll get, a, I'll get an assignment for ABC Gun Company, and I'm reaching out to them. I'm like, hey, listen, I, I've got an assignment on your gun. I'd like to write about it. If you could, if life allows, can you please send me a demo rifle or a demo pistol? I have my own FFL. I'll have it for 14 days and I'll turn it around. You know, there's no cost to you, nothing. And there'll be crickets, just crickets. They don't even respond. Mm-hmm. Wow. They're like, guys, I'm going to write an article. This is not that it's me. I mean, I'm nobody, but I'm, I'm going to get you several pages in a magazine for free and they, Ultimately, they never respond, and it's it's interesting sometimes. That's a little frustrating. Does it does it kind of make you look differently at those companies and sort of kind of because I know like even in our industry, like people that we've interviewed, and you kind of have like a different perspective after after you've dealt with them. I do, and I don't want to say it's a negative perspective because I know the industry, and you know the industry. People on the outside perceive, you know, they think that 
the ABC pistol company's got, oh, they probably have 500 employees and, you know, a five-star ability. No, it's generally John and Rich in the back pumping out guns. Mm-hmm. So I, I pay them a little bit of, I cut them a little bit of slack because they may just be overwhelmed mm-hmm. or they may not understand the magnitude of, of what I want to do for them. And once again, I'm, I'm nobody and it's, it helps me too to write the article, but I try not to be bitter about it, but it does make me look at them a little bit differently. Yeah. I yeah. mean, firearms companies in general are just really bad at, at marketing and stuff like that. Uh, they're oh, getting yeah. better at it, but I think that the firearms industry might be, uh, I want to say five, but I think almost maybe even 10 years behind in, in a lot of the trends that, that come down. I mean, we're seeing a big surge in podcasting. But I mean, podcasting has been around for well over a decade and it's now coming to a lot of, a lot more popularity in the firearms industry. So I really do. I think that they just really suck at marketing a lot of them. And what you said is right. A lot of them are overwhelmed. They, you know, they get a little bit of popularity and then they can't keep up with the demand and then customer service and then everyone complaining about them not replying to their emails and things like that. So yeah. I, I get or, that it can be overwhelming. Or they could just, you know, they're small companies. They're good at producing product. They're just, they don't have somebody doing their marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, they're good that's at one too. thing, not and the other. I think other. that's why, and I, you, I, I'm curious if you see the same thing, is the astronomical growth of marketing companies inside the firearms industry. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah, there has been. What used to be increase. two or three major players. I mean, I get emails from, who are you? Maybe, you know, the, <laughs> the what company? And you're representing screws for the AR. I just, I've never heard of you. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. So I, I, I brought up podcasting because now you are doing a podcast as well because you have so much spare time. I, I know I had between noon uh-huh. and 1230 on Thursdays. Okay. Like, nice. What am I doing slacking off? Come on. Exactly. Tell us about it. Well, it started out as just as kind of a, not, I won't say novelty because we, we had plans with hopes that it would do well, but uh, it was, we're focusing on talking because I'm, I'm fortunate to have contact with a lot of people inside the industry and I get a lot of inside baseball stuff and they're, they're, they're comfortable with me sharing. And I wanted to talk about some of that stuff that people don't really get in magazines. I want to talk about the industry and new guns and things and kind of give people a look behind the curtain. And it, it kind of took off. <laughs> I had, we were just going to use it as kind of a, not a vent, but a way for me to just share information. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it, t- it took off quite well. What's it called? That's called, uh, Cinemass Podcast. And this and is, I'm, it's on the, the Skillset Network. That's right? right. It's on the Skillset Network. So Jason Swar over there at, you know, with Skillset, he's a good friend of mine. We've been friends a long time and I watched him develop his Skillset podcast mm-hmm. and he wanted to develop his, his network and he said, Hey, how about a, how about a gun podcast? And I said, because he's literally, four minutes from where I'm sitting right now. That's how close he is. So that's awesome. It's, it's silly. He developed this. He's got a nice studio. It is so stupid easy to do for me that I'll be honest with you, you guys work 10 times harder than I do uh, to put it together. So all right. <laughs> no, we're mean, in our basement right now. No, I'm just kidding. We're not. No, we're, we actually do have a pretty nice studio and stuff, yeah. but it, it is a lot of work like podcasting. I think the biggest surprise for people is, is how incredibly, you know, difficult it is to, to get everything together and to get these things out every week. Yeah. And you see actually a lot of podcasts that are closing their doors. They're not, they decided they're not going to be doing it anymore because yeah. it is, it's a lot of work. It's not just like, cool, get on and, and just talk. It's, you know, in our case, we got to get guests and 
Oh yeah. That's it. And Sean, I'll throw some sunshine your way, not trying to kiss up to you, but my God, man, what do you got? Like 75 podcasts now? <laughs> you know? Uh, I'm currently in the shower doing a podcast. Uh, well, and that's I'm, actually my next podcast is, uh, <laughs> shower. shower thoughts. Like yeah. you said, Don't people steal. do not realize how much work goes into it. And ours isn't a casual podcast. I mean, it, it's a professional show and whatnot, but I tell you what, I do 99% of it myself and getting guests and all the prep work and getting the questions lined up and scheduling. It's, it's a ton of work. So I, Ava, I understand. I agree completely. I think there's a lot of podcast people that jump on the bandwagon. They're like, mm-hmm. holy crap. Yeah. This is work. Yeah. I don't like work. And they, they go back to Denny's and it's over. Yeah. <laughs> I love it so much though, man. I got to say it's, it's, it has turned into, it's become my life and my, and my job. And I, I really, I really love it. You know, fantastic. You, you're good at it, man. I'll tell you what. Aw, thanks, Fred. What about me? <laughs> Get out. Amy, you're rocking. That's why I'm on here. <laughs> you is- know, so the guys at Skillset, we, uh, we've had them on. I was actually on their show and we, when we go to Vegas, uh, we are getting cotton candy burritos with them. Little fun fact. <laughs> are we finally this time? Yeah. Nice. Very nice. Yep. They already said it's on. It's on. Oh, oh Lord. Fred, what are you excited about for 2019? Uh, well, in the industry, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward, and this is kind of a nerd thing, to the market kind of stabilizing. <laughs> you know, last year it shot and you guys are there. It was basically five days of collective breath holding. Nobody really did anything really. And I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings here, but there's nothing earth shattering that came out. I agree. And I, I, I think that the industry as a whole, we're just kind of saying, okay, well, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. And while we've, come down from our peak of production and, and, you know, money grabbing, um, the industry's still up. The industry's still up from what it was previously. And I think it's going to stabilize a little bit. And I think that will calm people down and you're going to see more and more companies bringing some new cool products to market. Yeah, definitely. So I, I do want to talk more about pistols in our, in our gear segment. Uh, but before that, I want to hear like, what do you like to shoot? What's your favorite? Do you like pistol? Do you like rifle? What do you carry? All that good stuff. Well, I'm a, I'd love to shoot everything, but I probably my two hardcore favorites are handgun and then, uh, precision rifle. Oh, nice. Precision yeah, so rifle's my, hot. My everyday carry, both for a lot of reasons, is a Glock. I use a Glock 17. I carry a full size Glock 17 because of my petite, small, little, tiny, girlish figure. <laughs> I, I can carry a full size blaster and get away with it. Nice. Yeah. Um, I'm not a Glock fanboy. I just, it fits me well. And I've done so much LE work that I tend to train, I bring what they're carrying. So if I work with an agency that's running MMPs, um, I bring my MMP. Or if they're running, you know, whatever, they're, they're running SIGs and I'll bring a SIG. But so many agencies I work with, they all run Glock. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. and Glocks, I'm able to shoot it well. Glock's my carry gun too. And it's just, you know, my, I, I guess I am starting to become kind of a Glock fangirl, but it's just, yeah. it's reliable. I shoot it the best. It feels great in my hand. So, and that's it too. You know, some people have trouble. I've had people come to classes or private classes and I put a Glock in their hand. It's like they're a stroke victim. They can't hit anything. Yeah. Well, and, and, <laughs> and, I, and that's why they have so many different handguns out there because what works really well for me may not work well for you. And it's just the angle, true. the ergonomics, but I've just noticed that Glock just, you know, it works the best for me. Whereas, uh, Sean, not so much. I, yeah. I, it's, it's really just personal preference. Sean, what are you using? 
Uh, so I care. Uh, Smith and Wesson is what I shoot best. I actually, yeah. I, I like Glocks. I have no problem with them. The grip angle puts my natural point of aim a little bit off. So yep. uh, Smiths are better for me, but the, I, I will say that lately I've been really enjoying the polymer 80 stuff just because it's yeah. got more of that 1911 grip angle and I shoot that really well uh, naturally. So, you know, I'm not trying to overcome my physiology or anything and it lets me just, uh, you know, mm-hmm. pure, be pure at shooting. Well, that's true. You know, the, uh, the grip angle is really the biggest thing with the Glock. Mm-hmm. And the biggest change between like the MMP series and the Glock is, is that grip angle change. Some people just, their natural physiology isn't conducive to the Glock grip angle. It's just what it is. Yep. And I think that's, it's just a really interesting thing that I don't, you know, people become fans of something. They're like, it just shoots better for me. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, there's some physiology there and, and some angles and some geometry and things like that. But, I do totally get it. And I was actually, you were talking about, uh, you kind of take whatever you teach to the agency. Yeah. And I was just looking at some statistics. It's kind of totally a rabbit hole and doesn't really have a whole lot to do with anything, but just seeing over like the last 15 years, uh, what has become more popular in law enforcement and, you know, it was Smith and Wesson, like back then they had, they held a pretty big slice of the pie and then Glock really started to take over. We've seen all that. And the most recent statistics that I was looking at was like Glock and SIG. So, I mean, it makes a lot of sense to to know Glock and to work with Glock, especially if you're doing any training for law enforcement. Oh, absolutely. And when I say I'm not a Glock fanboy, it's not that I'm bad mouthing. I, I have a great relationship with Glock. I actually write their annual every year, and I'm out there quite often. I was fortunate one of a small group of people actually got a tour of Glock back behind the curtain, and it's a fascinating place. That's awesome. They do everything in-house. What I mean, everything, I mean – Everything house. They make their own cases. They they cut their own foam and they make everything. I, I swear. Uh, they probably make their own ink. I'm not sure about <laughs> that, that, but I was stunned at how much they do in house. Wow. That's, that's that so would cool. have been really cool to see. Yeah. Maybe yeah, one day. Uh, I've I've been to some military installations before. It was tougher in inside a Glock. Wow. You know, no no phones come out. I mean there was there was nothing. It Dang. was pretty interesting. Yeah, we we had to get we went to a place once where we couldn't take our phones out, so I just put it in my pocket and turned on record, and now I'm not allowed anywhere ever again. <laughs> no. oh, oh, they love that. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Uh, that's awesome, man. So, uh, plans for the future? Well, we're gonna press on. Yeah, I, I love writing. I, I've been, there's a couple things coming up on the horizon, um, article wise, that are they're a lot of fun. Where the training, the training stuff is still going hard. We actually scheduled more training this year. I got some grief last year because I was traveling so much that we weren't able to do a lot of classes and I, I heard about it. So we expanded our, uh, expanded our training schedule this year. And then the podcast, of course, we're going to keep doing that. That's a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy that. So cool. Man. We're going to kind, of, kind of keep grinding away with what we're doing. If our listeners wanted to keep up with everything that you did, where would they follow? Well, they can obviously hit us on the website, forceoptionsusa.com. Social media is more the, you know, the quicker feed, you know, it's where you get information more quickly. Mm-hmm. And you can find Force Options on Facebook, on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Joe's Bar and Grill sign. I mean, you name it, any social media platform, just uh, look for Force Options or we are there. Very cool. Love it. All right. So you're going to stick around with us for a bit because I do want to talk some more pistols. That that sound okay? Yeah, absolutely, my friend. All right, awesome. So uh, this is Matador Arms time to shine, Ava. Uh, let's talk about their Fury Grip. I know, I know you like that. And actually, we had a, we had like this epiphany recently about uh, because it fits people. 
it fits my hands fine. I have normal man size hands, but it also fits people with smaller hands fine. Yeah, which I don't have extremely small hands. No. I'd like to think I have like model hands, like they're, you know, perfectly. Unfortunately, it's male model hands. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, but it like, it fits really nice. Like it just, and kind of going back to like that grip angle and stuff, it, uh, it feels nice in my hands. Yeah, I agree. And then it also has a really cool design. And I personally think that it goes really well with like camo. You know, if your gun's like a camo design. I know. Ever since you saw that, you've been like camo fury grip. Because it just, yeah, it looks All really good. It. It's like it's made for it. So if you guys want to check it out, uh, go to matadorarms.com. You find something you like, use the code GUNFUNNY10, and that gets you 10% off. All right. I love it. They also sponsor our prank call segment. Here we go. It's time for Prank Calls with Malcolm and Gertrude. Honey! Stop, this is uh, Yes, hello. My name is Malcolm, and I'm calling trying to find a good way, a uh, good method of concealed carry. I've had some medical issues, and I'm just... I'm not liking the the way that I normally carry. Do you have any ideas for me? Well, I don't know what the problem is, so uh, you got to fill me in a little bit more information. Uh, normally, I carry it through. Oh! I carry it three o'clock. Sorry about that. Uh, and it's just causing me awful pains. And it's uh, yeah, it's I got to change it up. It's like inside the waistband at this point, but I don't know. Okay, move it from three. Go to about four o'clock. Move it slightly back. I, I tried that. I think that it's just the whole, whole the whole side is not good. Okay. Um, just, the other alternative would be a shoulder holster, and I don't stock those. Oh, no shoulder holsters. And you, oh, yeah. you think that would be better than <laughs> for me? Well, from what I'm hearing, anything's better than what you're doing now. Yeah, I, I definitely it's it's a problem. I think I got the appendicitis or something. I don't know. You better go get it checked out. Okay, I'll do that. Thank you. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> so, Fred, and, if you would like to publicly take back those compliments, it's it's a lot. Uh, right, right now. right now, Fred's oh like, oh my god, I'm sitting there biting my tongue, trying <laughs> to start cracking up here. And right now, you're like, wow, I didn't realize I agreed to go on the show with a bunch of idiots. <laughs> Isn't that the guy that we realized that we accidentally pranked twice yeah, in a row? I pranked him twice in a row with two different voices. <laughs> Poor oh, guy. God. Yeah, I didn't even realize it until I was editing it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, all right. My embarrassment is now over and we can actually... <laughs> we can go on with the show. And that means talking about Palmer 80. Exactly. Dude, I got so distracted. Uh, but that was actually, I think, my favorite prank call I've ever done. Just because it's so ridiculous. We've been wanting to do that prank for a while, but Sean's like, because we were in an office building. And so he said we'd have to do it on the weekend when nobody was in the office. It were in the building so that people didn't think that somebody was getting murdered. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Polymer 80. Uh, I've talked a lot recently about the stuff that I that I had completed with them uh, lately. And I've got the PF940 version 2. And mine is the Brownells only exclusive. Uh, what is that? Coyote. Which like I, an FTE. I freaking love. And then I got the FTE slide from them. Uh, he said they were out and he you said got it, it from, from Polymer 80. From Polymer 80. Yeah. He, he, they were out and he said that there was a blim, but I don't see anything on here except for what I did. So I, I actually really love the slide. Got nice, good grip serrations. Uh, not too deep, but also not too shallow. So Polymer 80 barrel is in this one. Polymer 80 triggers in this one. Polymer 80 slide kit is in this one. I, I love it. They've, they, they've really done something. 
you know, AR-15s became in such common use because they were so easy to work on. And Palmer 80 even drove a lot of that with the 80% lowers. And now they, they've made pistols kind of the same thing. You're seeing so much stuff come out for this. And it used to be assembling your AR-15 was the thing. Now assembling your pistols are, are kind of the thing that I'm seeing just drive a whole lot of innovation and new products and things like that. Would you agree, Fred? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. <laughs> I, I think that that's, that is pressure on the on the what I call the big market, mm-hmm. you know, the big the big players, to kind of step up their game. Yeah. Because yeah. if they don't, then companies like Polymer 80 and the next one coming around the corner is going to start gobbling market. They may end up buying something from, you know, big gun company one, but they're going to, you know, the, the, it's going to get to the point where Polymer 80 companies like that they're going to they're going to become their own entity in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. I definitely can't wait for it. I love what they're doing. Polymer 80com Use the code GunFunny and that gets you ten percent off. Let's talk gear. Tactic talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. Fred, you wanted to talk about some new pistols that just hit the market in 2019. Sure. It's been a pretty interesting time over the last couple of weeks, and you guys saw this. We had three major releases come out. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the big one, Glock, you know. Yeah. Uh, love it or hate it. They've got, they've got two new pistols on the market. They've got the 43X, which is, in my opinion, you know, they're going to probably deny this, but they're trying to keep up with the 365. Mm-hmm. Trying to bring a little more capacity to that 43. Yeah. And they did a pretty good job. You know, I, I think that they, the extension and the grip, it's really all it is compared to a 43. It's a, it's a little bit bigger grip. Mm-hmm. So you get some higher capacity. Uh, beyond that is the 48, which is essentially a, a thin single stack Glock 19. Which I'm kind of yeah. interested in, I think maybe. I don't know. I, I don't really have any trouble concealing the 19, but this yeah. one, this one interests me. Do you know, well, I mean, since you're so close with them, did you ask them how they decided to name these guns? I was just going to say, did you, did you see the dartboard that they threw when they had to name a new product? <laughs> Will, it's it's based on patent numbers. Oh. Interesting. So, for example, the Glock 17, you know, it was their 17th patent. Okay. So, I, I remember vividly when they, when the G45 came out and the internet exploded, it's not even a 45. Hey, yes. I'm like, oh, for God's sakes, people, come on. Well, it's funny because I was today years old when I learned that Glock named their. their I know, right? I'm still sitting here. (laughs) I'm still sitting here with my mouth opening, like with my mouth open, trying to figure out like, oh, looking back at all the numbers. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this makes total sense now. (laughs) And the the X obviously is what they consider a crossover where they modify a, you know, they modify something like the 19X is a crossover between the 17 and the 19. And the 48X is a crossover between essentially the 48 and the 43. Hmm. So it's a merging of guns. Yeah, those those definitely came out. And you know people are going to be excited about those. But speaking like we were just talking about pistols that are kind of coming out of nowhere, Zev, they've got a whole pistol that they're releasing. Oh, yeah. I was – oh, my God. I – so Athlon Outdoors, I write for them. And we had a big event in Montana. It's kind of a, a round table. And Zev was there and they had this holy grail in a box that they were even, even nervous about showing us there. And the word got out, you know, in a small circle that they were going to create a complete pistol. Mm-hmm. So it, it caught my attention and they flew me out to Washington to go to actually go to the factory 
and I got a firsthand look at this thing and got to shoot it and test drive it. It is, it's cool. It's beyond cool. It's, it's a fantastic gun. And the thing that handcuffed them for so long was, you know, they were, they were working off of the Glock. Well, for people that, and like you, you know, going to the polymerated, there's a reason why you're doing that because you can customize it truly to fit what you need. And what Zev did, they said, you know, we've got all this data of all these requests. These are, these are the top 20 things that people have been asking for for years to be done to their Glock. For, for God's sake, let's just do this and build the gun from the ground up. And when they did it, they hit a home run. Very nice. The most, the most unique thing about that was the, essentially the fire control group. Mm-hmm. It's all encapsulated. It's all in, all in a contained unit. So you pull it out the trigger and everything. It's, it's pretty sick and it is a tack driving gun. Very cool. I look forward to seeing it, uh, when they have, when they have some available. Now that's going to be at a higher end of the spectrum as far as cost goes because, you know, Zev is known for what they're known for and they do a lot of extra stuff. So it's, it's pretty clear that it's going to be pricey. On the other hand, Mossberg has released their first pistol in God knows how long. Well, uh, I think, 100 years. There, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't, I think they only released like one other pistol. Yeah. A hundred well, years. And I could be AR, wrong. It was an AR pistol. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I saw somebody chime in on a post, uh, uh, Linda from, from, uh, Mossberg. She's one of their rock stars. So she had shared a video or something and somebody hopped on there and says, this isn't their first pistol in a hundred years. They had this. And once again, <laughs> I'm grinding my teeth, not just trying to set the internet on fire and just, humiliate this guy but their only other quote-unquote pistol is an ar pistol actually for a handgun this is the first one they've made in 100 years have you gotten your hands on it yes i have what are your thoughts once again i was fortunate to be with mossberg when they did the first tne on it with um, some people at the gun site and it's a good gun Um, i'm friends with mossberg but as with anything i'll tell you what i really think and it's a pretty damn good gun and it's a single stack nine millimeter it's got a really nice trigger in it. It's got a fairly short stroke on it. It's not a long press, which we see on a lot of the sub compacts. Mm-hmm. Get a clean break. The sights on it are decent. It it's well rounded, so it's gonna be very easy to carry. Now it is what it is. You know, it's it's a subcompact gun, but all of us, we had a big group of people out there testing this gun, and we we're shooting it on steel back at fifty yards. Wow. Now, if you suck at shooting, you're not gonna be able to shoot steel at fifty yards. Mm-hmm. True. But if you're if you're decent at what you do, the gun is pretty accurate. And the how many rounds? It's pretty cool too. How many rounds does that gun hold? Uh, it's a one. it's a nine round gun. Oh, is it nine? Oh, nine. Okay, so yeah. that's good. So a lot of these subcompact guns are they're getting there. They're all trying to compete with that P365. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm pretty excited. Plus, yeah. it's like really inexpensive. The new Mossberg. So. Oh yeah, it's, I think the suggested retail is like four and change, but in the real world, it's going to be probably a 375 range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Yeah, not bad at all. It's, it makes it easier to swallow when you, when you get it. Right. I need to start hanging out with you more. You get, <laughs> you get your hands on all the cool things. Well, here I am. Come on down. We're, we're just down the road from here. Relatively <laughs> just down the road. I love it, man. Yeah. It, what a time to be alive, man. Uh, all kinds of new pistols coming out. I'm, I'm pretty excited. I'm, Look, I hate SHOT Show just because of everything that comes along with SHOT Show, but I am really excited 
uh, to kind of see what's what's going down and try to get into the nitty gritty of some stuff that uh, I wasn't expecting. So, and just in case of, if our listeners are a little confused, so this show is actually going to come out after Shot Show. Oh shit! I broke the fourth. But one. we are pre-recording just in case we're we're basically planning for the worst. One, we're not going to get back till Sunday. And then the show would release basically on Monday. Yeah. Uh, so we wouldn't have time to record. And then also, what if we get sick? So we figured it's probably best to pre-record a show now. And uh, and so then our next episode, we'll be talking a little bit more about SHOT Show. So right. just clarifying things. My bad. And no, it's it's good, though, because I, I just wanted our listeners to know that. And I am recording like six shows this week to prep for all this stuff. You know, to be gone for a week is difficult. So yeah. It's a good time. I'm pretty excited. It is time to talk about our iTunes reviews. So if you haven't left us one, please do. We really appreciate it. It helps people decide whether to listen to the show. When they read your clever banter, uh, they will instantly click subscribe. So whether it's iTunes or Facebook or whatever, wherever you can leave us a review, uh, we would really appreciate it. So I'll start off with ReevesZ45 says, five stars, great show, great show. Really enjoy all the content and makes long drives bearable. Thank you. Fun and easy. Five stars Irish coffee. I enjoy the show each week. I enjoy how the hosts view the gun industry as a whole. The prank calls at minimum make me smile. The crack stacker call was epic. The guests are always great and at ease. Sharing their passion for the industry like they are talking to old friends. There are so many commas. But who am I to tell you to listen to Gun Funny? I'm just a guy with way too much time on his hands now that he found the internet has other uses. Wink, wink. You know what I mean, Sean. (laughs) It's refreshing to be respectful without being too serious. Why so serious? Life is hard enough. Gun funny is like a shot of whiskey in your coffee. It just makes the whole day better. I feel like that was like a commercial. It was uh, a pretty good commercial. I felt like I was narrating Folgers. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy J. Pearson says five stars, two guns up. It is like sibling rivalry meets War of the Roses. The manner between <laughs> Ava and Sean are like brother and sister or exes who are forced to work together who happen to still get along. They keep it fun and informative and the pranks don't stank. Keep the fun coming and I will keep listening. P.S. If you aren't a Patreon, you are just wrong. All right. Thank you. Those those are all really good. Ava, you, it's too hard for me to pick this week. You do it. Mm, I think Fred should do it. Fred, out of those three, who would you pick as a winner? I would pick the uh, commercial, the commercial one, the Folgers commercial. All right. Um, Irish coffee. Perfect. That sounds fun like and easy. Well <laughs> yep, I agree. Just contact me on social media, on Facebook or Instagram, and we'll send you out a prize pack. Sounds awesome. And again, please leave us reviews. Let's start to wrap this thing up. There's a place you can go to find all of our stuff, gunfunny.com, and we're on all the social media that you could possibly imagine. We uh, already mentioned the Patreon, or at least one of our reviewers did, so become a Patreon. Get access to our Facebook-only uh, – wait, Patreon-only Facebook group. I don't know why I can't say I that. always have a hard time with that, too. It's awful. But we're always having a bunch of fun on Facebook. Uh, super inappropriate. So if you're kind of straight laced, yeah. I wouldn't recommend joining it, no, but I, most of our listeners are not straight laced. We'll so. still become a Patreon. You just don't have to <laughs> join the group. Just don't join it. <laughs> we have $25 Patreons. They are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran, 8888, Charger Arms, Ryan Morrison, and John Snow. We have a king of the Patreons. That's the person who donates the, mo- the most every month. Uh, that is two A Jewels. And they actually just posted a picture of, uh, I don't know who the woman is in the picture, but she's wearing the King of the Patreon shirt. Yeah. So uh, they get a free t-shirt for being the King of the Patreons. It's, uh, you can only get it by being the King of the Patreons. And, uh, your Patreon dollars really do help the show. They help pay for travel and, and all kinds of other stuff, but not just that, like the important things like editing. And we have a rock star editor. Uh, his name is Kenny Ortega. We couldn't do it without him. And your pledges help fund all those great behind the scenes things. So 
Patreon.com slash gunfunny. And our 2A Jules, uh, 2A Jules, king of the Patreon, he would like us to say from now until Valentine's Day, mention gunfunny when you place your order and you're going to receive 10% off. And that's huge because they never have sales. So uh, yeah, I forgot the whole reason for that he is king is he gets to yeah. have us. Yeah. I was like, all right, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wish I had a brake sound effect. <laughs> that would be so cool. Uh, but yes, that will do it. Fred Masterson, Force Options. Thank you so much for joining us. It was awesome to get to know you a little bit. Yes, thank it's you. It's my absolute pleasure. I'm, I'm honored. I appreciate the I appreciate the invite. Sounds awesome. Uh, Hopefully, to- we'll see you at Shot Show. Oh, you will absolutely. Oh, oh yeah, cool. I'm there. I leave tomorrow, and I'm there until June. So <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to pay more for my hotel this month than I am my mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> well said. <laughs> All right, everyone, we will see you next week. Want to send feedback? Suggest a place to prank call? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.